Blog Talk Radio. Does anybody want the Lord to make him over? Just begin to celebrate Jesus. Hallelujah. You know my other side. I can no longer hide. Washington. 
So I just thank and praise God for her and just wanted to wish her a very happy, happy belated birthday. Well, after the broadcast tonight, if you would look on our webpage here at blogtalkradio.com slash a word from God, there is a button there that says follow. And I hope and pray that you'll please push that button after the broadcast and let us know that you do follow and that you are enjoying our broadcast. And I do want to say thank you to all who have been following the broadcast. Thank you so much for your encouraging words and for your support, and just to let you know that I love you all. Well, now you can go to our new website called A Word From God. Dot webs, W-E-B-S dot com. Just browse our site, also follow our links to our other affiliate sites and all of our different blogs. Also, we now have a page on Facebook called A Word From God. Please click the like button to show us that you do like our page. And you can also now email us at a word from God 3 at AOL.com. Our email address again is a word from God 3 at AOL.com. Uh, check out our ad costs and our advertisement page on our website. And if you do have a church announcement or a business announcement that you want announced on the air, or if you are an artist and would like to have, or I'm sorry, a musical artist and would like to have your CD played on a word from God, uh, please go to our website for instructions on our advertising costs, or you can email me, as I said before, at a word from God number three at aol dot com. Again, that email address is a word from God three at aol dot com. And something new that we have just added is we now have a blog, also called a word from God. Uh, you can go to a word from God one dot blogspot dot com. Again, our blog is a word from God one dot blogspot dot com. And read our blog and then share some of your thoughts with us. And also, again, uh, check out our different uh, affiliate sites or our affiliate links that are on our blog. Hallelujah. Also, now I have out a new CD, and it is called Secrets. And on, and with this CD, it helps to bring about um, healing and uh, restoration to those who are bogged down with secrets. Secrets are uh, hidden things, things that you've buried deep within that you're afraid to let go of. And in this CD, it helps to bring out emotional healing, the emotional healing that you need. Uh, the cost of this CD, and also you can go on our blog and find out a little bit more about the CD, uh, it is a two-disc set, and it does sell for $15 for the set. Uh, my other CD is called I Give Myself Away, and it sells for $10. In this message, the question is, is this just something you say, or do you truly give like Christ gave? And soon I will be um, coming out with my series called The End of Times, where I'm teaching on the rapture, the Bema seat, judgment, 
uh, the marriage of the Lamb, the Great Tribulation, the Antichrist, and much, much more that is going to take place uh, in our la- in these last and evil days. Uh, there are some things that are going to take place. There are even some things that are happening right now in our world. Uh, you can just go to Matthew, and uh, I believe it's 24 chapter, I believe, where it talks about different things, and it says these are the beginnings of sorrow. So these are just some of the beginning things. But you need to know what's going to happen uh, before the rapture, and you need to know what's going to happen after the rapture. Now, on this radio, uh, on my radio page, I do have a teaching on just the rapture. So you may want to go ahead and listen to that teaching. And then once I'm finished with the actual series, you'll want to get the whole series about the end of time. And then I'm also asking you to please visit Lady Be Lovely Fashions. Um, at Lady Be Lovely, we carry women's and men's uh, church suits, business suits, ushers, choir uniforms, jewelry, hats, and various other items and other merchandise, all at affordable pricing. You can go online and check out both of our websites. Uh, our first website is Lady B. Lovely Fashions with an S on the end. That's LadyBLovelyFashions.net. And then our second um, website is LadyBLovelyFashions.webs.com. Also, um, on my Blog Talk Radio slash A Word From God page, I do ask that you check out all of my affiliates. I have a lot of affiliates. I also have some churches uh, who I'm affiliated with. Um, There's also one affiliate link there. uh, It's called Blood Pressure Awareness, where you can learn uh, a lot about your health, high blood pressure, sugar diabetes, uh, all of the things that the enemy tries to throw upon us uh, just as people, period. And on this uh, on this particular blog, you can learn about high blood pressure, uh, the cause of it, uh, and ways that you can possibly change um, that high blood pressure problem that you may be having. Uh, one of the re- one of the ways to change a lot of things in our lives is to uh, eat right, uh, changing our live our eating lifestyle, and to exercise. Uh, changing our eating lifestyle can add years. To your life, so I'm going to ask you to go on that website. Uh, it is um, it is high. It is I'm sorry. It is blood pressure awareness. And when you see it on my site, just click on to that, and it will take you directly to the page. There's a wonderful, wonderful testimony on there uh, about my husband who had uh, high blood pressure and killed over, and his blood pressure was like 250 back in 1998, and the doctor said he should have died, but God had a reason to keep him alive, and today he takes no more blood pressure medicine. So you need to check out his um, his testimony on on his uh, site. That's, that's, that, it, once again, is blood pressure awareness. Well, the lines are now open. Please feel free to call us. At one eight one eight four seven five nine two two nine. Again, that number is one eight one eight four seven five 
888-646-9229. Now, tonight we're going to be getting into a uh, wonderful series called Discovering You. And I'm going to be talking about the seven motivational gifts found in Romans chapter 12. So you are going to want to uh, keep up with this particular series. Uh, This particular series is talking about the motivational gifts. These are the gifts that make you who you are. When people say, I don't understand you, I don't know why you do the things you do, and maybe even you don't quite understand why are you this way, why do you seem to be so emotional, why do you seem to be so hard, why do you seem to always want to give, Uh, why are you so organized, why are you always encouraging people? Well, these are particular gifts that you are motivated by, and these gifts cause you to become the person that you are. And once you understand your gift and knowing who you are, others will begin to understand and know why you are the way you are and why you do the things you do. So I'm just going to ask you to just um, call up some friends, uh, tell them about this particular uh, show that we're having tonight. It's called uh, The Motivational Gifts, Discovering You. And before we start in on our lesson tonight, we're going to go into a song. Uh, Tonight's song is called Hallelujah, the Lord God Almighty Reigns. Enjoy.
He didn't look at them and say, I send you to hell. He just looked at them with pity because he knew that what they were doing, that they didn't understand who they were about to kill. And then Jesus went up that cross, up that hill, carrying that cross, falling down from time to time and still being beaten, his back ripped open, muscles and all of the, the sinews, all of that that stuff in his body, his flesh ripped open, and he was still carrying that cross because in carrying that cross, Jesus was looking down through time, and he saw me and he saw you, and he said, if I don't do it for anybody else but them, I'm going to die. I'm going to give my life because I don't want them to have to face death. I don't want them to have to uh, be in bondage to anything. I am going to have victory over death and over the grave. I am going to be victorious. And if I'm victorious, my children will be victorious also. And so Jesus walked up that hill, and he had to get help. They had to get someone to help him because it just became too unbearable. They laid him on that cross. They took nine-inch nails, and they nailed his hands, and they nailed his feet to that cross. And then they picked that cross up, and they thumped it into the ground. And when that cross plopped and fell into the ground, Every bone in Jesus' body came out of joint. The picture that you see of the Lord on these pictures of him hanging on the cross, he didn't look that good. He was a horrible, bloody mess. But he was a horrible, bloody mess for me. He was a horrible, bloody mess for you so that we would not have to die for our own sins. And then they still taunted him, and they made fun of him. And if you be God, why don't you come down off of that cross, they said. You are supposed to be a king. What kind of king are you, they said. But Jesus looked down in the midst of his dying, and he looked at his mother, and he wanted to make sure that his mother was going to be okay. And so he looked to her, and he said, Woman, behold thy son. And then he looked to John, and he said, Son, behold thy mother. And then there were two other men on the cross who deserved probably to be there. And one of them, you know, again, you know, you're supposed to be the son of God. Why don't you get all of us down on this off of this cross? But Jesus took the time because one of the thieves said, You know, Lord, please remember me. And Jesus said, I will remember you. He said, this day thou shalt be with me in paradise. So he even still took a, took time to save a soul. And then when it got towards the end, uh, the angels of God were standing all around heaven, all around the earth. They were all over the earth right there at that cross of Calvary. And they were waiting on the word. And all Jesus had to do was look their way and nod his head. And the scripture said there were 12 legions of angels. Some say that's around about 144,000. I don't know exactly how many were there. But the scripture says about 12 legions of angels. And they were, they were willing and they were ready and they were able. 
But the enemy, the demons, they were running around and laughing and saying, aha, we got him, we got him. What you going to do? There's nothing you can do, you know, because Jesus had not given the order. All they could do was sit back, fold their arms, and bow their heads as the creator of them and of us and of this world was dying. Hallelujah. And then the scripture says that, He looked to the Father, and he said, Father, he said, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Even in that, if you were dying, could you be able to still forgive a soul, forgive someone for something that they have done to you? He said, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then he he said, my God, my God. He spoke in in a language that only he and the Father knew. And he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Because the sins of the world was upon him. Sickness and disease was upon him. And God cannot be in the presence of sin. So God had to turn away from his son, his only son, who he and his son had never been apart. But then Jesus looked up and he said, Father, into thy hand. I commend my spirit. And he said, it is finished. And Jesus died on that cross. Hallelujah. He died on that cross for you, for me, for your loved ones, for your family, for your friends, for a, a, a dying world that doesn't even care that he died. But he died. And for those of us that looked up and we we felt the, the blood of Jesus dropping on our spirit, dropping on our bodies, and we received him as our personal Lord and Savior, he died. And his death began to mean something because it means something to me that I don't have to face hell. I don't have to die for my sins. I don't have to to uh, worry about things anymore. I worry because I'm human, but I don't have to worry because Jesus paid it all. I don't owe a debt. I, I mean, Jesus doesn't owe a debt. I owe one to him, but he doesn't owe a debt. But he anyway paid my debt with his blood. But the story doesn't stop there. Because you see, as everybody was in hiding, and, and, and Mary, she, she just wanted to go, and she she wanted to be near the Lord, and she wanted to maybe anoint the body one more time, or just to go and pray at the tomb. But when she got there, there was an angel there. He said, why seek ye the living amongst the dead? He who, you know, is Jesus, he's not here. Hallelujah. Mm. He has risen. Hallelujah. And Jesus Christ got up out of that grave. He took the the keys of death and hell. He went into hell and he snatched the keys from the devil. Satan no longer has control over those of us that belong to the almighty God. There's nothing that he can do. We, he might can he maybe might be able to trick us or 
or try to cause us pain or or take you know mess with our finances or with our health or whatever it is that he might do but if we put our trust in a risen savior because see jesus he is now lord he's all he's always been lord but he's lord and jesus is soon to come back again and when he comes back he's not coming back as a meek humble lamb he's coming back next time as a line of judah as the prince as the king, he's coming back as the powerful one. He's coming back as ruler. And if you're not ready, you still have time to get ready because Jesus is coming back for a church without a spot or a wrinkle. But I want you to remember what this week is all about. It's not about our Easter plays. It's not about bunny rabbits. It's not about Easter eggs. It's not about brand new clothes. All of that's fun and all of that's cool. I mean, I like to dress. I love my big hats and I love my nice church suits. And I like all of that, you know. I let my kids and my grandkids do Easter egg hunts. All of that is fun. But the real meaning of what it's all about is that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and mine. And you have the opportunity to accept him as Lord and Savior of your life. Hallelujah. We give glory and honor to God on this evening. Well, we want to get into our message on this evening. And uh, as I said uh, earlier, we are speaking about the seven motivational gifts, uh, discovering you and um there are three groups of gifts that are found in the word of god and the first group of gifts are the nine charisma or the nine charismatic gifts and they are found in 1st Corinthians chapter 12 and verses 8 through 11. And I'm going to read those to you real quickly here. That is 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 11. And I'm going to be reading out of the Amplified Version. It says, verse 8, to one is given in and through the, I'm sorry, to one is given in and through the Holy Spirit the power to speak a message of wisdom and to another the power to express a word of knowledge and the understanding according to the same Holy Spirit. Verse 9, to another, wonder-working faith by the same Holy Spirit. To another, the extraordinary powers of healing by the one Spirit. Verse 10, to another, the working of miracles. To another, prophetic insight. I'm sorry, prophetic insight, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose to another the ability to discern and distinguish between the utterances of true spirit and false ones, to another various kinds of unknown tongues, to another the ability to interpret such tongues. All these gifts, achievements, abilities are inspired and brought to pass by one and the same Holy Spirit who apportions to each person individually Exactly as he chooses 
So those are the nine gifts of the Spirit or the charisma or charismatic gifts. Uh, the second set of gifts, some call them the four uh, the four ascension gifts or where they're better known as the fivefold ministry gifts. And these gifts are found in Roman I'm sorry, Ephesians four, verse eleven and verse twelve. And starting at verse eleven, again out of the amplified version, and his gifts were varied. He himself appointed and gave men to us, some to be apostles, special messengers, some prophets, inspired preachers and expounders, some evangelists, preachers of the gospel, traveling missionaries, some pastors, shepherd of his flock, and teachers. His intentions was the perfecting and the full equipping of the saints, his consecrated people, that they should do the work of ministering towards building up Christ's body, the church. Hallelujah. And the third set of gifts are the seven motivational gifts found in Romans chapter 12 and verses 6 through 8, starting at verse 6. Having gifts, faculties, talents, qualities, that differ according to the grace given us, let us use them. He whose gift is prophecy, let him prophesy according to the proportion of his faith. He whose gift is practical service, let him give himself to serving. He who teaches to his teaching. He who exhorts, encourages to his exhortation. He who contributes, Let him do it in simplicity and liberality. He who gives aid and and superintends with zeal and single-mindedness of mind. He who does acts of mercy with genuine cheerfulness and joyful eagerness. So we do have three sets of gifts here. Uh, It says the three the three groups of gifts are mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 6, and are, listened, and are listed with the giver of each group of gifts. Now, the nine charismatic gifts found in 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 11, these gifts are regulated by the Holy Ghost. The gifts are divided into three groups of three gifts each. Uh, And the first three gifts are the three power gifts, and these are the gifts that do something. The first gift is the gift of faith. This is a supernatural faith that comes upon a person, enabling him or her to have faith for what God is desiring to accomplish in a particular situation. God gives you the faith for him to change people and circumstances. Let me read that again. It says, God gives you the faith for him to change people and circumstances. The second gift in the power gifts is the gifts of healing. This gift manifests the healing power of God instantly. It is manifested as the spirit wills and does not always come in the same manner, hence 
the name Gifts of Healing. Some of you God may use for specific types of healing, such as cancer, headache, eyes, ears, etc. And some of you may even feel that person's pain to know exactly what to pray for. So uh, you may have one of these two uh, charismatic gifts in the three power gifts. These are the gifts that do something. And then the last gift of the power gifts is the working of miracles. This is very much the same as the supernatural gift of faith with one difference. With the gift of faith, God enables a person to have faith that God himself is going to do something. Whereas with the working of miracles, God does the miracle through an, uh, through someone else or through someone. So those are the three gifts, uh, three power gifts, which are found in the charismatic group, and that is the gift of faith, the gifts of healing, and the gift of working of miracles. The other, the second group of the three charismatic gifts are the three utterance gifts. These are the gifts that say something. The first one is prophecy. In the manifestation of this gift, words of words of the common language are given to a person's spirit by the Holy Spirit. The purpose of prophecy is for edification, exhortation, and comfort. This is just a simple gift of prophecy where you edify, where you ex- uh, exhort or encourage, and or you comfort. Those three things should always follow the simple gift of, prophe- of prophecy. Uh, then there is diverse tongues. The charismatic gift of speaking in tongues is often confused with personal prayer and edification tongues. Basically, it is the same gift, but a different application of purpose. Personal prayer and edification tongue is for your personal prayer time and is used to build up or edify the speaker. The charismatic gift of tongues is for the edification of the assembled church body. For this reason, the charismatic gift of tongues must always be accompanied by, and this is the third gift, the interpretation of tongues. The supernatural revelation of the substance of an utterance given in tongues, tongues plus interpretation of tongues equals prophecy, which is edification, exhortation, and comfort. Again, let me read that. The interpretation of tongues. The supernatural revelation of the substance of an utterance given in tongues. Tongues plus interpretation of tongues equals prophecy, edification, exhortation, and comfort. Whenever there is someone that uh, speaks out, I'm not talking about corporate praise. I'm not talking about corporate worship, corporate tongues. But I'm talking about as things quiet and someone speaks out in, uh, in in tongues that there should always be an interpretation that follows. 
And also, when the interpretation comes forth as someone is speaking the interpretation, you need to be still and listen so that you can hear what the Spirit of God is saying to you. Once the interpretation is finished, then you need to blast the roof off of the ceiling and giving glory and honor and praise to God. But you must reverence that word so that you can hear what God is saying. So the three utterance gifts, the gifts that say something are prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Then you have the three revelation gifts, the gifts that reveal something. And the first gift is the word of knowledge. And this gift means the revelation of a portion of God's knowledge that enlightens the recipient to the past or the present. This is somebody that's telling you something about something that may happen in the future or something that has even happened in your past that nobody knows about but you and God. We're not talking about soothsayers. We're not talking about psychics. But we're talking about a bona fide word, a bona fide uh, uh, man and or woman of God who you know is walking in the word, who you know is walking before the Lord in righteousness. I'm not talking about calling up uh, soothsayers and fortune tellers and psychics. Those people are of the devil. I'm talking about a bona fide man and woman of God that can speak a word of knowledge into your life about something that God wants you to know about. So the revelation of a portion of God's knowledge that enlightens the recipient to the past or the present. This knowledge, I'm sorry, yes, to the present. I said the future. I'm sorry, that was wrong. Uh, to the past or to the present. This knowledge comes supernaturally and could not be known by any natural means, only from God. Now, you may say, well, Sister Becky, uh, but these psychics seem to know what they're talking about. Well, just like God can move, the devil moves also. But always know that even though there's some truth to maybe what the devil is saying, There's a lot of untruth in that as well. And I don't want to really get too much into these particular gifts because these aren't what we're talking about tonight. But there are such things as uh, demonic influence and there are are, um, uh, uh, demonic beings that do know uh, things about your life, about your generation, and it's them that speaks to these soothsayers, fortune tellers, and and psychics. So I just wanted to share that because I'm not really wanting to get too much into this one because we're going to be talking about the motivational gifts. So I won't be taking any calls on that particular thing tonight. Uh, The word of wisdom, the revelation of what will be or could take place in the future along with the application of God's knowledge for that particular situation. And then the the gift of discerning of spirits. This gift reveals the three realms of the spirit world. And those three realms are those three realms are the spirit of God, the spirit of man, and angelic and our demonic um, demonic spirits. 
Those who claim to operate in this gift and they see only evil spirits are generally busybodies and should be held suspect. Anytime somebody always comes up to you and all they ever see around you is darkness and doom and gloom and they see demons and they see devils around you all the time, get away from that person. Stay away from that person because you don't need that kind of thing in your life. Okay, and now we're going to talk about the four, I'm sorry, the five-fold ministry gifts. That's found in Ephesians 4, um, chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. And the first one we're going to talk about is the apostle. The apostle is the sent one. The apostle starts churches and establishes doctrine, trains and places pastors over churches, and also an apostle can have all of the other five um, ministry gifts. The second one is the prophet. The prophet represents God before the people. The prophets have a revelation ministry. The evangelist. The ministry of the evangelist inspires people to fall in love with Jesus by repenting of their sins and giving Jesus complete control over their lives. And then the pastor and teacher. Sometimes people like to uh, put these two together or some people like to um, uh, say that uh, say that it's pastor and then it's teacher or it's pastor and teacher. However, it's still a part of the fivefold ministry gift. Although some split these two offices, the pastor is married to the flock. He loves, trains, and feeds them. This necessarily requires him also to be a teacher, bringing basic understanding as well as um, as as well as new in-depth insight. The pastor teacher brings balance to the body of Christ. The charismatic gifts I want you to know are from the Holy Spirit. The fivefold ministry gifts; these gifts come from Jesus Christ. Uh, They are gifts given specifically to the church to equip the body of Christ. And now we're going to get into the seven motivational gifts, Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8. Now, these particular gifts, the 12, I'm sorry, um, the seven motivational gifts, These gifts are from God himself. These gifts are given to us at birth. These are the gifts that make us who we are. They make us act the way that we do. And sometimes in not understanding your gift, you may treat this gift the wrong way. I'm not so much talking about a talent like being able to sing or being able to sew or being able to write and that kind of thing. But there's some other gifts that God has given us that make you who you are. And not only do you need to know who you are, but others need to know who you are so that people can deal with you in the right way. Uh, Even knowing your motivational gift, that can help you to get into the kind of job that you even need to be in. Even in the corporate world, 
they look at these gifts in you and they can see where to place you uh, in different types of um, uh, uh, jobs that you might go on or different types of jobs in that corporation. So let's start with the first um, gift that the scripture mentions in uh, Romans chapter 12. And the first one is prophecy. Those who have the gift of prophecy, or as we like to call it, the perceiver, these these people are the eyes of the body. They discern the inner heart motivation of individuals and group. Teaching, uh, these people are the mind of the body, the revelation of the truth of God's word. They reveal the truth in God's word. Uh, The serving gift, they are the hands of the body. They are the ministries of help. Then there are the exhorters or the exhortation gift. Uh, They are the mouth of the body. They stimulate faith and, and edify members of the body. These are the ones that are always going around trying to encourage you, and they give you 900 steps to this, and they try to find a scripture in the Bible, and they're just always, always preaching and sharing the word because they're trying to encourage you. They're trying to exhort. Those of you that have uh, the serving gift, the ministry of help, you don't like to be out in front of everybody. You just, you, you're a backstage person, a backhand person. You, you know, you just want to be in the back. You just want to be working. You don't want to be seen. You don't want to be asked a whole bunch of questions. You just want to be back there working. Um, the the teacher gift, you're the one you, you research and you share and you always share what you learn and, and you're always out there going and looking for more truth in the word of God. The prophetic people, uh, you discern that inner heart. You can look at a person and tell what is in that person's heart. You're a good judge of character. And then there's the giving uh, gift. And you're the arms, you're the, the support of the body. They have a supernatural ability to make money for financing the gospel. Hallelujah. Praise God. And then there's the organization, the shoulders, everything. They, they're they're uh, the people who are administrators or the, sh- or the organizers. They're the shoulders. They, uh, they're the one who rules or they take charge or they know how to run stuff. And they know how to keep stuff in order. And then there's the mercy gift. And uh, I'm sorry, the the organization gift, they're the shoulders of the body. I don't know if I said that. And then the last one is the mercy gift, the heart of the body. Always sympathizing with others. If you need someone to pray for you, if you just need somebody to talk to you, They'll stop whatever they're doing and they'll listen and and they're there and they'll put their arms around you and they'll love you, love you, love you. They don't care if they talk to you 900 times about the same old, same old, same old. They're going to talk with you. They are the heart of the, the body. And so we have prophecy, teaching, serving, exhortation, giving, organization, and mercy. These are the gifts that God has given you at birth. 
Now, one of these gifts is going to be more dominant than the others. And I have taken the test and all of that to, uh, and as as we go into this, I will uh, let you know what test you can take to actually find out where, what motivational gift do you have? My three motivational gifts is my main gift is is the gift of mercy. I'm very sympathetic. I'm I'm very uh, uh, loving. My heart is good. I, I love people. I love God's people. I, I I love talking with people. But sometimes because people who are merciful, who have a heart of mercy, people think that we're weak. It's not that we're weak. You know, we're just people that love. We have an ability to love no matter what. My second gift is a perceiver. Now, to have a heart of mercy and then eventually go into, like, not having a heart at all, uh, it's not to say that perceivers don't have a heart. They do, but they're harsh and they're frank. And people look at them like to say, ooh, I don't know. You know, every time you talk to her, boy, she just seems so, so hard so hardened and she seems so harsh or he he's so frank, he just says it like it is, and he don't care how he says it. Boy, you hurt my feelings. But how can a person be a mercy person and then go from mercy to perceiver? Because my mercy gift is my main gift. But after a while, after I've done it nine hundred and twelve times, the nine hundred and thirteenth time I'm say, Look, now we've been over this and we've gone through this. And you need to uh, get into your word, blah, 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 find out for yourself. And you need to follow and take heed to the word. It's time for you to grow up. That's the perceiver side. And then my third gift is that of giving. So I've I've, dis- I've uh, researched and found out my three main gifts and what they are. So tonight we are going to talk about the motivational gift of prophecy or that of a perceiver. Tonight we're going to talk about the motivational gift of prophecy or what is known as a perceiver. So this might be you. So I would ask you to take heed, take some notes, and hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to you tonight, and you will be able to better understand yourself You might even see this gift in your children. You might see it in your husband. You might see it in your wife. You might see it in a friend. And you'll be better able to understand the people that you're around who you think are so harsh or who you think are so hard. Okay, the motivational gift of prophecy, it is a one-on-one gift. Uh, This is not the charismatic gift of of prophecy. This is a different type of prophecy where you can actually kind of look into the heart or look into the soul of someone and you can see things in them that only uh, God allows you to see. Uh, Prophecy gives insight to prepare someone or some group for what he or she is about to face. Never tears down, always builds confidence, and gives the person the ability to keep going. A prophet is called a seer. You're able to look at people, as I said earlier, people who are perceivers, 
they can uh they're good judges of character. If you're not sure about someone's heart or sure about something about someone, you you kind of got a little funny feeling but you don't know if you know somebody that is motivated by the perceiver, get, you talk to them and say, you know, I, I want to um, do business with this person, but I'm not sure. And they can let you know, and they can tell you, you know, it's something about, you know, I've, I've been seeing some things or whatever. Uh, You've got to be careful that it doesn't become a judgmental thing, you know, and, and that it's not becoming a gossip thing. But you just want to talk with someone who you know has that gift so that they can help you, that you don't uh, fall into some type of uh, mistake in going into business with this uh, particular person. There are five manifestations of the motivational gift of prophecy. The first thing that perceivers like to do is they like to bring people to accountability. Now, some people would say that perceivers are judgmental, but they believe right is right. There's no other, they don't look at it any other way. Right is right. And they feel like people should be held accountable of the things that they do. They also, uh, the second thing is um, they feel that it is vital uh, that that person needs to repent. They'll see things in people, and they will go to them, and they'll say, you know, I see this happening in your life, and God is not pleased with it. And I feel that, you know, you need God's been dealing with me about you, and I feel that you need to repent of this thing. And they begin to talk with them, and they share scriptures, and it's possible that they could lead that person to uh, repent, and this is accomplished by causing the person to recognize his or her actions as sinful and unacceptable. Sometimes, uh, with people who are perceivers, um, they can talk to you in such a way that uh, conviction will come upon you. And it will cause you to say, you know, because they'll speak to you in such a way and talk to you in such a way, and they'll bring scripture to you, and they're not playing with you, they're not laughing with you, they're not cracking a smile, they're not joking, nothing. They're not putting their arms around you. They're just saying, thus saith the Lord. This is the way it is. God is not pleased with the sin in your life. What you're doing is unacceptable. So when they see this, this begins to reveal the inner heart motivation of people. This gift can expose a troublemaker even before trouble starts. Now, sometimes there's somebody you may have a, have dealings with, and God will begin to show you something about that person where you either need to get away from that person or you need to go in there and tell that person, you know, what you just did or what you just said or so-and-so, whatever, is is wrong. And perceivers will do that. They're not afraid to talk to anybody. They're not afraid to say what's on their heart. And sometimes they might even can seem like they're very harsh in what they do. But this is the way that they are built. 
those motivated by prophecy can bring an awareness of God's presence. They help people realize that God is present in spirit and in truth. They help people to be more yielded to God, which brings inner conviction. Only the power of God can do this. Now, a lot of times... um, Perceivers uh, make good intercessors. They make awesome intercessors because they love the truth. <clears throat> they love God. They hate sin. They want to see people um, born again. They want to see, especially Christians, they want to see Christians repent of the things that they are doing wrong. Sometimes people look at them and feel like, you know, that they don't want to be around them because all they ever do is talk about the Bible. All they ever do, it, it seems like they're judging people. Sometimes it causes people not to want to be around them, especially mercy people because perceivers are so harsh and mercy people are so uh, sympathetic and they handle people in different ways. They're doing the same job. They're just doing the same job in a different way. So with uh, uh, with with the perceiver, it says they help people to be more yielded to God, which brings inner conviction. Only the power of God can do this. This power is operated by God through the prophecy gift. It can make people fall down on their knees. It can bring them to a new place of submission before God. Perceivers have a way, uh, like John the Baptist, he was a perceiver. And he was harsh. And everything that he said bothered Herod and his wife. I mean, it bothered them. And they got, you know, every time he said something, it would cut through their spirit, it would cut through their soul. It was, it was cutting at the sin that was in their life. And that's what perceivers do when they minister to people. They go straight for the sin because they want to cut that sin out of you. And, you know, maybe they don't use any healing salve. Maybe they don't use any soft, comforting words. They just say, boom, you know, this is the way it is, this is the way it's got to be, and if it hurts you, oh, well, it just hurts you, you know. And it's not so much that they're trying to be mean, but that's just who they are. Characteristics of the individual with the motivational gift uh, of prophecy. Number one, they have a need to express the message verbally. They like getting the message of God across to people in a way of urgency. They won't email you. They won't text you. They're going to either call you up on the phone or they're going to see you at church or they're going to talk to you at work, but they like to be in your face. They are in your face kinds of people. Um, The priest represents the the priest represents the people before God. The prophet, the prophet represents God before the people. 
Now, they do make, as I said earlier, they make good intercessors, and they do go before the throne room of God to pray and ask God, you know, Lord, show me what I can do to bring them to their knees, to bring them to repentance, to bring them before you. Um, They're strong intercessors, and they come against the kingdom of Satan. They're not afraid. They will stand flat-footed and look the devil straight in his face and tell him he's a liar. And no, I'm not taking this off of you. And no, you will not have my family. No, you will not take my 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 children down this road. No, you will not lead my husband astray. Blah, 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 blah. They will stand flat-footed next to the devil, and they will tell him what they're not going to take. They make great, great intercessors. Uh, They have the ability to discern the character and motives of people. They know why you do what you do. He uses his gifts to discern uh, motives. A lot of times people who are perceivers do have the gift of discerning of spirits. And they know how to discern what's of God. They know how to discern what's of man. And they know how to re- how to discern what's of the enemy. They are great discerners. They look, they can look and see the motives in someone's heart. Hallelujah. Uh, they have a divine capacity to identify, define, and hate sin. They know what sin is, and they speak out against it. They, as I said earlier, they're no-nonsense people. Now, if they're worldly people, you know, they're just cruel, harsh, and mean. And they will say some things to you, and it will hurt you down to the very core. Husbands and wives who uh, have either have a spouse that has a... Uh, that is a perceiver, uh, when you have arguments and fight, that perceiver's words can can wound you down to your very core, especially if they do not know Christ. Because to them, everything is black or everything is white. They will hurt you because they haven't learned how to use that gift of a perceiver in the right way. And as I said before, they are not afraid and they will speak what they see. And sometimes they're going to speak it and they are going to speak it quite harshly to you. This is a quality that's seriously lacking in the body of Christ. We don't have a lot of perceivers Uh, in the body of Christ that would just come out and say sin is sin. Now, I'm not saying for you to go out there and just start uh, pounding on everybody. You know, I heard Sister Becky say I'm a perceiver and, and it's for me to come out here and make the way straight. You have to do it up under the leading, up under the leadership of Christ. You let God lead you into who to talk to. You don't want to become uh, uh, what they would call a religious fanatic, somebody just out there spouting, 
you know, and you're not winning anybody to the Lord. You're not changing, helping to change anyone's life. You're not causing anybody to want to repent. But there is a lacking in the body because it seems like today we're allowing people to get away with so much in the body of Christ, and we're allowing just anything to go on in our churches, and nobody is standing up and taking a stand against some of the wrongdoings that God is not pleased with in his house today. Um, The perceiver has a dependence on scriptural truth to validate both his authority and his message. They always speak the word to come against sin. They are strong in the word and will use it whenever they see sin in the midst. Whenever they see something wrong, they will speak out with the word of God. But those that are true perceivers, those that uh, God is truly uh, has blessed them with this gift, they will use it in a way to uh, bring about a change in the body, not for their glory, but for the glory of God. They want to see people change. They want to see people repent. They want to see people falling on their knees. They want to see uh, conviction hit the body of Christ. But also, if they are in the wrong, they don't mind somebody coming to them and telling them, thus what saith the Lord. Um, The perceiver makes the word the judge of all of his motives. He sees black as black and white as white. And uh, in this perceiver gift, there are no gray areas. There's never anything gray. Sometimes some people say, oh, you, you just you just see, you, it's just black and black to you, or it's just white on white to you. You don't, you don't see down the middle. They either see one way or the other. For them, there is no gray area. Uh, a perceiver, he has a desire for outward evidence to demonstrate inward Conviction. A perceiver wants to see people turn back to God. Also, anyone that has a um, an evangelist anointing, a lot of times may uh, will have the motivational gift of a perceiver, because evangelists are a little bit harder than uh, a pastor teacher. Because an evangelist will get in there and say what he's got to say, then he leaves because he's going on to another church. But a pastor has the time to kind of sit back, talk with you, teach you, soothe you, uh, see you through. But evangelists, most of the time if you see evangelists, they're hard, they speak hard, uh, they're moving in the gifts, they're, they're, they're ta- they, they bring conviction, they bring... Um, uh, change. They want to see you uh, do better in life. Uh, they discern, They can look and discern motives uh, in the body of Christ, and uh, that gift a lot of time goes with that of an evangelist. I have been a pastor, 
and uh, also an evangelist. And when I was a pastor, I uh, my my motives were a little softer because I am a mercy person. But as a as an evangelist, a lot of times God always gave me the more harder things to say than He gave my husband. I always seemed to have had to do the rough messages, the tough messages when it came to sin and when it came to changing your life, when it came to repentance, when it came to correction. I was the one that God used that way where with my uh, husband, he used him in a different way because he was a pastor, but also he was an exhorter. So the way that he shared the word was different. But with me, it was boom, boom. But I would get results because of the things that I said, how I said them, and being able to look into the hearts of people, I was able to bring about change through God's word for uh, those that needed change in their life. Hallelujah. So the, the, the perceiver, he wants to see people turn back to God. He wants to ensure that the fruits of repentance are immediately manifested. They don't want to wait around. They want to look, you know, you, do you want to receive Jesus now? Do do you want Christ to um, heal you now? Do you want a change to take place now? Do you want to repent now? They're, they're not ones that are going to wait around and, and things of this nature. They, they, they want to see an immediate manifestation of what's going to take place in your life. Now, this is not a lack of faith, but it's a genuine desire to see people act on their own professed faith. Uh, A perceiver will continually hound you about salvation and repentance. You may give an excuse, but they say, but do you want to repent? Well, you know, I want to uh, wait and think about it, but do you want to repent? Well, you know, I, I might be back next Sunday, but right now, do you want to repent? Do you want to be saved right now? They're not going to give you a time to think about it. They're not going to give you time to go off and visit another church. Let's do it right now. Personal identification with the person he is speaking with. Uh, they are in-your-face people. They can even sometimes hurt you or sometimes they can anger you. They are they they like to personal they have uh they like to personally identify with the person that they're speaking to. So they are really gonna get into your face. They're gonna ask you questions. They are um now these people don't make good counselors because they're too harsh. But they're going to ask you point-blank questions about what it is that they see in your life. And then they're going to ask you, as I said earlier, point-blank questions about, okay, so do you want to repent? Do you want to give your life? Do you want to turn your uh, life over right now to the Lord? Because they want to move on to the next phase that they have to go through to someone else. Once this person, once the perceiver has gotten you to the point where you need to be in, in Christ, then they'll lead you over to the exhorter. They'll lead you over to the mercy person 
or to wherever it is uh, God leads them to turn you over to. Uh, A perceiver, he can tell when a person is in bondage to Satan, and he identifies as though he and that person are connected. They can see bondage. They can see things in your life that uh, maybe others cannot see. And and then when when that person that he's looking at and that person that he's seeing and he's seeing that thing in their life, if that person doesn't change that and then it happens, other people are like, well, how did you know? Because you're a perceiver, you're a seer, you 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 move you move in that. It's not the the prophetic where it's edification, comfort, and exhortation. But you're a seer. You are you're a discerner. You can see things and discern things that other people cannot uh, see or discern. And when you see this in people, you start feeling kind of connected. Um, to that person. Uh, they also have an eagerness to have other people point out their blind spots. Um, they have no problem in you sharing or telling them something uh, about them or something that you may see in them because they have a willingness and eagerness uh, to do right. Uh, they are, they will sometimes approach you with the word of God and will accept nothing less. They come to you with the word and with the word only. And they do not listen to, or take time to listen to you to make excuses. They say this is what the word says. You know, the Bible says, um, 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 I'm sorry, I'm losing my train of thought here. But the the scripture says, um, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. That's all they see. The Bible says, I'll bless the Lord. You know, why aren't you blessing the Lord? Why why is God's praises not continually in your, being in your mouth? Why are you sitting here fretting? Why are you sitting here worrying? The Bible tells us that if, all we have to do is just praise the Lord and that everything will be okay. They don't want to hear, but you don't understand what I'm going through. They don't want to hear that. They're just going to tell you point blank what the word of God says. Uh, a, a scripture that you might want to look at that kind of has some things in it about uh, a perceiver is Psalms 51, verses 1 through 19. Verse 2, it talks about wash me, where you're acknowledging unclean uncleanliness. Uh, verse 7 talks about purge me. Uh, Verse 13 says, once I am clean and righteous, I will help others. Verse 15, only speaks God's word. Verse 17, seeks true humility and repentance. This is the heart of someone that is a perceiver. Uh, Misunderstandings of the individual with the motive gift, with the the motivational gift of of prophecy, or of uh, being a perceiver. Their frankness may be viewed as harshness or a lack of love. And as I said earlier, some people don't even like being around perceivers because they are hard people. And it's not that they cannot love 
and it's not that they don't love. They're just no-nonsense people. They're people that tell it like it is. Um, they're not ones that are great jokesters. and they're, they're pretty much serious most of the time. It's not that they're mean. It's not that they're evil. They're just no-nonsense people. Um, their mind is already fixed on the validity of God's word. You can't change their mind on the word of God. You cannot change their mind. Uh, he assumes, the perceiver assumes that you will see it just as quickly and just as clearly as he does. If he sees a scripture and he reads it and that scripture becomes alive in his spirit and he shares that with you, and then you like, I don't understand. You know, explain that to me. Uh, how How is that possible? Well, why? He just doesn't understand why you don't understand it as quickly and as clearly as he or she does. Their interest in groups may be interpreted as disinterest in individuals because he looks as, at the body of Christ as a whole. Let me read that again. It says their interest in groups may be interpreted as disinterest in individuals because he looks at the body of Christ as a whole. They like to minister to the whole body. Uh, They're not real strong people persons. But they like to get up and they like to to talk to a group of people or uh, or the whole body uh, in one because um, they're just basically, as I said, they're not people persons. That's why a lot of perceivers are evangelists. They can get up there. They can say what does say at the Lord. They can share the scripture. They don't have to hear and you know anybody answer asking them a whole bunch of questions. They say, come to Jesus just now, come as you are. Jesus loves you. Come to God. Uh, Repent of your sins, you know, blah, blah, blah. You come forth. They minister to you. They tell you what they see. They tell you what thus saith the Lord. And they move on to the next group. Hallelujah. And then they focus on right and wrong, black or white. As I said earlier, for them, there is no gray areas. Emphasis on decisions may appear as neglecting spiritual growth. They want you to make a decision right then, right there, and right now when it comes to your life in Christ. And as I said earlier, they don't give you any time to think about it or maybe I'll go home and think about it. They want to know now. He or she who is a perceiver wants a commitment from you as far as your repenting and your salvation. They want a commitment to you now. Uh, Public boldness and strict standards may hinder intimate personal relationships. People um, who are perceivers, they don't have a lot of friends. They're not people that people like to be around. And as I said, because they're not sociable people. They're not personable people. 
they 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 pretty much are loners. They do like spending a little time to themselves. They do maybe have one or two friends, maybe who too are perceivers, but they don't have a lot of friends because some people call them and think of them as being judgmental uh, people. And a lot of times people are repelled by perceivers just for the fact that they are so serious-minded. John the Baptist, as I said earlier, um, he did not have many intimate friends in his life. Um, Of course, we know that, you know, John the Baptist ending, you know, he was beheaded. He was put in prison. He was beheaded. They didn't like the things that John the Baptist was saying against uh, Herod and his wife and all of the things because it was it was it was ripping them apart that the word was cutting them and they didn't like that. And so as with other perceivers they they wanted to get rid of John and eventually eventually they did. Uh but sometimes I want you to know that sharpness is needed. Uh as I said earlier they're very frank and they're very harsh, perceivers are. And in many occasions, people do not understand um, their sharpness, their harshness, their frankness. But sometimes, uh, even in a, in a household that has a mother and a father, and when the children are are not doing what they're supposed to do, and the mother may spank the child, or spank the children, and she may, you know, fuss at them a little bit, but when she says these dreaded words, wait till your father gets home. Now, dad is more tougher. He's not as easily to bend. Uh, he 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 may be a little, uh, a little more harsh in the way he says things or does things. And then the kids are like, "Oh my God, you know, Daddy's coming home. You know, I'm I'm really in for it now." But sometimes it takes. Uh, sometimes the rod has to be pulled out on us, and sometimes we can't always be spoken to in a soft, sweet voice. Sometimes we need somebody to shake us up and wake us up and say, "Look, this is the way it is." You have gone down this road too long. I'm not going to baby you. I'm not going to coddle you. I'm not going to uh, listen anymore. I've told you the word. I've shared the word. You know the word. You hear the word. You either repent. You go and ask for forgiveness. You give your life over to Christ. Whatever it is that you might need, sometimes somebody just going to have to take a stick to you and say, look, get it right. And that's what the perceiver is. They're the ones that say, get it right. They are the eyes of the body. They see things that some of the others of us, whatever whoever, whatever gifts we might have, maybe our gift doesn't entail the um, uh, that perceiver. You know, maybe we're a mercy exhorter teacher, you know, so we don't have that, that perceiver mentality. So we may not see something coming when when it's coming, and thank God for the perceivers. Yes, they might be harsh. Yes, they might be rough. Yes, they might be tough, but we need them in the body of Christ because they are the ones that see 
when the enemy is coming uh, in the direction of the church. Now, here I have some childhood characteristics of individuals with the motivational gift of prophecy. Uh, Children who have the motivational gift of prophecy, they don't have a great or a good imagination. They don't sit around like other kids and imagine things. Uh, they They just don't. They like true things. They like active participation in sports. Kind of competitive, maybe. Uh, They don't like to be alone. They tend to follow mother or father around. They like to read stories with morals, and they don't like to read fairy tales. They will usually only read things which interest them. They have an understanding beyond their years, and they can be negative or easily depressed. So you need to look at your children and if you see some of these things uh in your in in your children, you need to begin to nurture your children. Find some uh scriptures, find go on the internet and find some things on uh the perceiver and find out uh ways that you can train your child up in those gifts that he or she will use that gift properly. Well, that's the end tonight of the teaching on um, the motivational gift of the perceiver. We will be going into um, part two. I don't know if I'm going to do it next week or the week after, um, uh, because next week being Easter, I may do something a little bit different. But if the Lord says the same I will go into part two of the Discovering You series, and part two will be on the helps ministry or the service ministry. But find out what gift you do have. What gift are you moving in? Are What, what are your charismatic gifts? And find out what the nine gifts of the Spirit, what gift did Jesus Get what did the Holy Spirit give you when you received uh, the infilling of the Holy Ghost? What gift did did He did He give you? Are you called into the fivefold ministry gift that Christ gave? What gift did He give you? You know, you may not be an evangelist that stands up and preaches before the congregation uh, uh, often. But you can be an evangelist on your job. It's just telling people about Christ. It's just sharing uh, Jesus with people, wanting to get people out of uh, uh, living an, an unholy lifestyle. And be, and you want to share with them about walking uh, in, in holiness towards God. Uh, find out what your motivational gifts. I hope that through this lesson that you will exactly find out who you are, because I believe that God has great, great things that he wants to share with you. So right now we're going to go into a musical selection, and uh, I pray that you did enjoy tonight's word, and I pray that it has been a blessing with you, uh, for you, I'm sorry, or to you, and um, I will be right back after this musical selection. Do you see it? 
on, everybody, lift your hands. The presence of the Lord is here. On one accord. Everybody lift your hands. The presence of the Lord is here. On one accord.
call here. Hello. Hello, you're on the air. Hi, how are you? Fine. So, I'm a perceiver. Okay. (laughs) A lot of things you were saying is so true about my personality. Okay. Um, (laughs) Just even uh, looking back in the childhood and, and things, once I learned that I was a perceiver, I was kind of able to accept myself because it was kind of hard for me because, like you, like you said, a lot of people are like, oh, she is just mean. <laughs> and I didn't have – I always had a, one or two friends. I didn't always have a lot of friends because mm-hmm. it, it takes a special person to love us perceivers. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I always had, like, a couple of friends. But, you know, as as I, as I learned who I was, I was able to, you know, oh, okay, well, you know what? That's just who I am, and and now I can kind of like pray and kind of like I now understand that there are there's a time and a place for my bluntness, right? right. And and there are even times because compassion is kind of like at the bottom for me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of the motivational gifts. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I and one thing we did learn was that we have all of the motivational gifts. It's right. just that. Some are more stronger than the others, right. so I do have some compassion in me. Okay. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I do have some compassion. <laughs> and um, but like I was saying, you know, I had to learn to to say, okay, there's a time and a place, and there were times where I would I would you know try to be a little bit not as blunt to mm-hmm. hurt people's feelings because I, mm-hmm. I I I started to understand it. Sometimes the things I was saying could be kind of hurtful, so I kind of learned to just train myself, if that makes any sense. Right, I hear you. Yeah. And and it's important. uh, You have to be who you are, and uh, once people discover their gift, and then other people discover not only their gift but yours, it does help um, uh, people to understand each other a little bit, a little bit better, because if I, you know, now I I meet people that are perceivers, and I meet people that are exhorters, and exhorters will come along and they will try to, uh, they they lift you up, they're about lifting up, building up, and they will give you 900 scriptures and, and 900 ways to to defeat depression and 600 ways, you know, to stand on the word of God and, you know, and, and, and yes. all, all it is with them is all about the word, you know, yes. where those compassion people will put our arms around you and we'll let you listen and we'll, we'll, we'll I mean, we'll let you talk and we'll let you cry and we'll cry with you and, and, you know, and we'll listen and then, then we'll tell uh, them, you know what we feel the spirit of the lord is saying and we'll give you a scripture and we'll pray with you and if you need me again and you know pass out more tissue i mean that's just how we are yes. so once a person knows what someone else's gift is i think it, that the the love problem that we sometimes don't have as children of god uh that it it will it will help that you know, it's not that somebody's being mean. It's not that somebody's being evil or somebody's being cruel or somebody's being judgmental. 
That's just who they are. Right. That's I even one time when my sister calls and she's like, ooh, kind of need some advice on something, I'll, I'll say to her, okay, do you really want advice from me or should you call mom because she's the compassionate one <laughs> and get some advice from her? <laughs> it's like it, and you can and you can see the, the different people in your family. You kind of right. know, oh, okay, you know, maybe you should talk to this person first before you come to me because I'm going to tell right. you what you right. might not want to hear. <laughs> right, right, right. And that's what perceivers yeah. do. Perceivers yep. tell you things that you need to hear, yeah, but you don't want to hear. Yes, but it's something that you need. You know, it's something that you need to hear. And if you would actually take heed and and not listen to them being frank or not listen to them being what you consider harsh, you actually will learn something. You just have to get over that that person is harsh. But they they are seers and they see things in people that sometimes other people don't see. So right, I appreciate that. I, I appreciate you sharing that on this evening. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Then. Have, a, have a good evening. Oh, okay. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye. Well, praise God, we had a call from a young lady that is a perceiver and she knows. And and so it's good to know what your gift is. It's good to know so that other people will be able to understand you and you'll be able to understand yourself and you won't feel so bad about certain things or when people say, well, oh, you're so harsh or some people will say, oh, you're so cruel or some people say, you know, you just, you're so weak, you know, because... You know, uh, compassion people are taken, uh, people think that, that we're weak or that we're, you know, we're we're too compliant, we're, we're easy to forgive, you know. But it's, it's, it's not that we're weak or it's not so much that we're, we're so easy to forgive. It's, it's just how we're built. It's how we're built. And we can actually, a compassion person is probably one of the strongest a group in uh, people in that group because of the things that we do take, and 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 the ability that we have to forgive. So don't allow anybody to uh, uh, say anything about you, or don't uh, allow anybody to validate you in a certain way. You've already been validated by God. So whatever God says, that's who and what you are. So um, I really pray that you all got a blessing tonight out of this uh, message on this evening. Well, we have about 14 more minutes left, and I just want to talk again about our women's conference that is coming up. On last week, I had the women's committee and uh, Pastor Sonia, who is the uh, conference host of the Day Spring uh, Denim and Diamonds Women's Conference and Luncheon that's going to be held at the Gaylord Texan Resort on Mother's Day weekend, May 4th through the 7th. Now our registration fee has been extended, and it is still at $99. So if you want to be a part of our conference, I ask that you go to um, our website, which is dayspringfamilychurch.org. Go to our website, um, and uh, you can go ahead and register there online. Also, I'd like for you to check out our new uh, 
uh, commercial that we have on the website. It is off the chain. Uh, it is uh, showing all of our speakers that we're going to have at our conference this year, uh, Pastor Cheryl Brady from the Potter's House Allen, uh, Dr. Jessica Ingrams, uh, Dr. Wanda Davis, Wanda Bolton Davis, and our own pastor, Pastor Sonia Dickerson. I'd love for you guys to go on dayspringfamilychurch.org and look at that awesome commercial. It is going to make you want to come and be a part of of our women's conference. Also, during our luncheon on that Saturday, uh, which is May the 7th, we also have a awesome uh, woman, female comedian coming in during our luncheon by the name of Miss Vicky. She's a Christian comedian. She is an uh, awesome woman of God. She's funny. We're going to have a great time. Uh, we're looking forward to uh, having you come out and just being a part of our conference. You will be blessed. Uh, I'm telling you, God moves in a mighty way at our conferences. If you heard on last week, you heard Pastor Sonia teaching uh, real women, real issues, and a real God. Now, with our conference ticket uh, for $99, that includes um, your luncheon on Saturday, our um, all of our conference uh, uh, different things that we have going on on that Saturday. You can go on to last week's show, and we share all of the different uh, classes and things that we're going to be having at the conference. Uh, on Saturday, we're having an awesome luncheon, as I said, and our guest comedian, Miss Vicky. Also, you're going to get a fabulous, a fabulous, I mean a fabulous conference bag. So you're just going to want to come out for that as well. Uh, so we're asking you to get your reservations in. Uh, we're going to have a great time. There are still rooms available at the Gaylord Texan Resort uh, here in Grapevine, Texas. Um, I believe the room rates are $119. Just use the code word DAYSPRING and you would get the uh, conference uh, price for the hotel. Uh, as I said, again, our host pastor is Pastor Sonia Dickerson, who uh, pastors alongside of her husband, Bishop Kevin Dickerson. They pastor the Day Springs Family Church in Irving, Texas. So once again, for more information on this powerful conference, please visit our church website, Day Spring Family Church. Dot org and check out all of the wonderful things that we have going on there at our church. Again, you can uh, reach me, you can email me at a word from God three at AOL dot com. That's a word from God three at AOL dot com. I ask that you check out um our new blog. It is a word from God one, the number one, a word from God one dot blogspot dot com a word from god one dot blogspot dot com check out all of our affiliates there we do have a new website a word from god dot webs dot com god is truly blessing uh this ministry here i pray that you are really receiving everything that you want through the word of god here on this program it is such an honor to come in every week and uh, just share the Word of God with you. I try to bring uh, on as well other great men and women of God who I feel are really being used of the Lord during this day and during this time. 
God is truly wonderful. Don't forget to remember that this is the Easter week, and I want you to remember all of the things that Christ did for you during this time and the things that that he's doing for you right now. He is truly a powerful God. He loves you so much. And for those of you that don't know Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior, as I shared earlier tonight about all of the things that Jesus went through up until the time of his death and then his resurrection, he did it all for you. And if you want to receive Christ, I just want you to pray this little prayer with me. Mean it from your heart. You may just you may be repeating it, but it is still, if it's coming from your heart, and this is something that you want to do, God will honor it. And he will save you And you will be a new brother and sister in Christ to me And all of the other men and women who have gone before you Who have received Christ as their personal Lord and Savior So pray this quick prayer with me Father God, in the name of Jesus Forgive me of my sin Jesus, come into my life and save me Jesus, I want to live for you. I want you to be Lord and Savior in my life. Now, devil, I renounce you, and I have no more dealings with you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. Now, if you've prayed that prayer, and you meant that prayer from your heart, you are now a bona fide, born-again child of God. It's that easy. It's that simple. If you need uh, to find a church in your area, um, just write me at a word from God. Email me at a word from God 3 at AOL.com. That's a word from God 3 at AOL.com. I will write you back. I will uh, get all kinds of information to you that you might need. I would tell you now to start reading in the book of St. John, uh, which is in the New Testament of the Bible, and that's the fourth book in the New Testament of the Bible. And we just thank and praise God for all of you who have um, been listening to our show tonight. I thank you for tuning in to A Word from God on blogtalkradio.com. I am your radio hostess, evangelist, Rebecca Collier Hagler, saying thank you for joining us. May God richly bless all of your endeavors for him, and I will see you next week. Good night, and have a very blessed Easter week, and praise God, hallelujah, and I love you.
Hallelujah. 